Hello. Welcome to my first time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. With us as always is Ian Phone Smith. That's me. Not related to me. But related to me. <laughs> this month's topic is my first apartment, which we're very excited about. We are very excited about, and we have a star-studded cast. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have. Paul F. Tompkins. Hi, I sound like this. <laughs> we have Tom or Thomas Link. Thank you. I'm going to clap for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Hitchcock. I'm as sexy as I sound. Yes, you <laughs> All right, so Mary Jo's going to start us off. Okay, so my first apartment. All right, so I will I will set it up th- like this. I will start by saying, as some of you may know from listening to these podcasts, um... I moved. I moved out pretty early. Like I was pretty young when I first struck out on my own, um, and it was sort of one of those. Um, my mother was always threatening to get me out of the house. It was sort of like you follow the rules, you're going to have to leave. From the time I was 13 until one day when I was 15, where she said, "You know, you're going to leave by my rules. You're going to have to leave," and I said goodbye. So I just sort of left. Mm. 15. Yeah. Wow. Oh no. Um, <laughs> explains a lot, doesn't it? I hope you weren't one of those oh, kids I no. see out hanging outside McDonald's. Yeah, like the kind of, the kind of kids they start a charity for. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so my first real apartment was a house. Um, this isn't where the story lies, really, but I just sort of want to, like... All I, all I remember about this point in my life, and I was a disaster of a teenager. I was the, I was the kind of kid that would make you wish you hadn't had kids, and... <laughs> Um, I did drugs all the time and I was in trouble all the time and getting arrested all the time. I was just, I was, I was a nightmare. Um, I know Tom's, Tom's chin is... I love this. (laughs) Did you go to juvenile hall? Uh, not officially, no. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> you were there in unofficial capacity. I just stopped by, <laughs> checked out the lodging, see if it was better than where I was living. Um, three hots and a cot. Um, and so my first place that I lived outside of, of home was this house that these two guys rented, and we had really no furniture. And the, um, one of the guys was my best friend's boyfriend, but it was the boyfriend that the parents did not want her to be with. So he was like several years older. She was 15 or 16 and he was in his 20s and this other guy was in his 20s and they were drug dealers and (laughs) we had hardly any furniture and I had a mattress on the floor in my room and I was always worried that like one of the guys um, that wasn't my friend's boyfriend was always hitting on me but it was always sort of like is this really happening? I don't really want it to happen, but we're living together. And I think I had like this sort of sick fantasy, like, oh, this is like, this is where I meet the man. (laughs) This is the guy. Um, But I would always go to bed, like fearing that he was going to come into my room. Um, And then, um, but you guys, here was the thing. I was free. And what I remember is we had a big living room with no furniture in it and shag carpet. And I would put on Madonna and I would just dance in the living room oh. because I was free. And I was so happy. Cause I was so ignorant. I was dumb. I mean, I was fucked up. Like this, the same house was like, I went out one night, I drove. And the next thing I remember is waking up in the passenger seat of my car in the driveway. The driver's door is open. The car is still running. Scorpions is blasting on the <laughs> radio. And to me, it was like, oh, well, I'm home. Turn off the car. Get you know, Like, it was not a big deal. But that was that was sort of like how I lived. It was complete chaos. Now, at home, was it just you and your mom? 
No, um, I have. I'm the oldest of five kids, and but at the time, the house that I moved out in, out from, was a community. So there were several families living in one house, and so, and that was part of my problem. Is you know, when you have a lot of families living under one roof as one family, you have more than one mom and more than one dad, and that means if you get into trouble, you could get like I would get grounded twice for the same thing by two different people. But it'd be like I'm already grounded. But so I was just a mess. People that were not necessarily related to you were allowed. They had they had, they had authority disciplinary over you. authority over me. <laughs> yeah. So you were like a commune, if I remember right. Is that it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, it was a community because a commune a implies community. a religion-based household, okay. and this was just a squatter homeschooled. Ah. Um, for those that are listening, I did air quotes over <laughs> yeah. at homeschool. Um, so anyway, I was free. And then, so here's my first real apartment. And I will set this up by reminding you of my age at the time. I think by the time I got into this apartment, I was 16 years old. All of my friends were in high school. I'm the only person who doesn't live with parents. Hmm. So my house was the place to be. And the house that I rented, my first apartment on my own, was a house not much bigger than the room we're sitting in. The whole thing, except for a little bathroom, again with the air quotes, like just this little, like almost like a camper bathroom sort of attached to it. <laughs> and the house had a door at one end and a door at the other and windows on both sides. So if you opened the thing up, it was like living outside, but it wasn't. And it was a ramshackle house in this little town called Miner's Oaks, which is up near Ojai, and oh. it's about as white trash and bottom of the river as you can possibly get. Oh, I know it well. Oh, my God. What? I had no idea. 805, represent. Okay. <laughs> um, so, and th- so I had a great group of friends, and we were all weird. We were definitely the outcasts, and we hung out in the cemetery, and we thought we were cool. <laughs> and, you know, we listened to Elvis Costello and The Cure, and I secretly listened to the soundtrack from Footloose, and that was my <laughs> dancing in the sheets. But I loved Springsteen. You know, like, I, I fronted. Um, and then we made this friend. This is the thing that, I mean, there's a million stories I could tell about this little house that are just little anecdotes more than anything else, but my most epic party. So the backstory to getting to this party is there was this kid who was in the high school whose name was Chris. And we didn't know him, but we would see him from afar. And he was just this beautiful, like, he was like a, a skate punk James Dean. Like, he was just Ooh. gorgeous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just was just beautiful. And he always had his shirt off and jeans. And no, you could tell he didn't have underwear under his jeans. Like, he was commando. <laughs> and just blonde buzz cut. And just beautiful. He's so beautiful. We're still Facebook friends. Oh, I'm glad and, he isn't um, dead. But we didn't know him, but we just we would look at him from afar. My friends at the time, um, my best friends um, and I, we made up this whole story about him. So we just this is I mean we this is like this is what we would do. We would just create stories around people, and sometimes they weren't very um, flattering stories to the person that we were making them. But for this one, it was like. In our minds, and the story we created was, was that he was a foster child. He wasn't. Um, he was in the foster system because he had murdered his mother. He hadn't. But the story was gruesome that he had attacked his mother in her sleep with a butcher knife, and the knife was covered in blood, and he was, was standing over her going, red knife, red knife, as he stabbed her and stabbed her and stabbed her. But you liked him. But look, we didn't really even met him. But that was like, we admired him before. He was like this cute, you irritable, murderous, skate punk James Dean. You admired his murderous name. It's so you horrible. invented for him. I know. 
So then when we met him, we of course told him this story and his nickname became Red Knife and became he became one of our closest friends. And Red Knife was I never called him Chris, he was always Red Knife. You'd see him from across the quad at the high school and you'd just shout, Red Knife and he would come running. And um uh so he he was you know, he was kind of a troublemaker kid and uh, he was always in the police blotter for one reason or another. <laughs> And, um, and he, like most, like, you know, I think for most of us, we, we, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is like, is this just the usual experience for teenagers? I mean, I know for me, I fought with my mother until I actually left, but most of my friends fought with their parents all the time and would leave and come crash at my house. And, you know, this is no cell phones and, you know, 1920. So you couldn't, like, track down your kids. Like, you'd have to come, parents would come knocking on the door of my weird little house. Like, wow. is my kid in there? Um, and would complain to my mother who'd be like, she didn't live here. I don't have no control over her. She is gone, baby gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and we would have these crazy parties and I had no money and, uh, it was sort of like, it was like a potluck, but not like it was just sort of bring what you could pilfer or steal or like somebody would show up with a box of mac and cheese and somebody else would show up with a pot. Like I had nothing. <laughs> How did you pay for the apartment? Uh, yeah. I sold drugs. And, um, oh I mean, God. that's a good yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, but at the time, Done. I was working at a seafood market, um, filleting fish and frying shrimp, and putting tartar sauce in little one-ounce <laughs> containers and putting the lid on tartar sauce. You needed some more drugs. Sauce <laughs> I needed drugs. Um, and we would have these amazing parties, and Red Knife um, had a little dirt bike. And you could hear him coming. Oh. And it's this dirt bike that would be coming up the road. And um, the house sort of sat up on, I think this house must have been like like a servant's quarters or something off another house, but the lot had been divided. So it was just this little house all by itself. It made no sense. This little house had no, no charm at all, but I loved it. But Red Knife built a ramp up the stairs to the front of the house. <laughs> and we would open the front door and open the back door, and he would come up the ramp through my house on his dirt bike and fly out the back door into the yard. And we would sit on the side, just like James Dean. It was like, just sit on the side, like, oh, Red Knife! And he would just go flying through my house. And I just thought it was like, this is what life is. You know, like, I just thought. Kind of is. It is. It's so hot. It was hot, oh right? God. It was amazing. And, like, all my friends were always there. And we told terrible jokes and made fun of people. And we had this girl that we hated who always wanted to come in. And we always said no. And we enjoyed that so much. Like, we just enjoyed. That was the girl I want. We made a voodoo doll of her and then, like, took it to the cemetery and did, like, these took weird. Took the Did these weird ceremonies on her. And then it, they blew up the doll and the cemetery got on fire. And then we had to run, and and then she what? got what? she got the car. The cemetery caught on fire. Yeah, this was the hundred year old cemetery. Anyway, um, I just all I remember is I was so proud, and it was a dump. I remember driving by it not that long ago. The house was still standing about six or seven years ago, and I drove by what? it. And it's the saddest, That's the most shocking thing. I know it's the saddest. It just looks like. Like it lives in the beginning of Wizard of Oz before color comes in. It's just a little Sepia box. Tone. Yeah, it's just a little box of a house. It looks super sad. You can't tell from the outside the joy and oh, fun that I nice. had in that house. I was so free. I mean, underneath it, I was scared out of my mind. I was broke. Mm-hmm. When I would be alone, like everybody would go home to their parents and I would be alone in this house. 
you know, with skid marks on the living floor <laughs> from the from the motorcycle or whatever, and it would just be a wreck. And the part of me was loving it, but another part of me was terrified. And I just thought, like, what am I going to do? And as much as that house was my world, and and I there was a it was like going to sleep was like I live here, this is mine, no one else lives here. But then the other half of my brain was like, I'm fucking terrified, and you know what would happen if somebody came into this house or whatever like I was scared a lot but there's such a similarity to that like the the feeling of fear and the feeling of exhilaration are so close Mm. and I lived that like that time in my life I feel like I just walked that line all the time I was I was exhilarated because I was doing what I wanted and like sticking it to my mom you know like (laughs) yeah I'll show you but I was I was so so scared I remember um the store where I was working like went out of business and so it was like I had no job um and and having rent and I was selling drugs but I was not like I was I had not yet achieved my um drug selling Rolodex I was sort of starting out (laughs) (laughs) it was basically like stealing um shake from the bottom of my mother's trash bag of marijuana that she had in her closet I would like scoop out all the shake and (laughs) And for those of us who don't do drugs. Can you clarify what shake is? Shake <laughs> is um, if you have a, 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 a gross of marijuana, a large amount of marijuana, and literally if you move the bag around or shake the bag, what falls off the, the buds is shake. It comes to the bottom and it's the stuff you don't really want to smoke and it's dried up leaves and it's sort of at the bottom of the bag and yeah. it's the stuff that your stoner mom would never notice is missing and I would just <laughs> scoop it out by the handful and I would roll joints and sell them outside the um, middle school and then one day uh <clears throat> After many visits from cops and lots of parents, I'm sure, complaining, the owner of the house came and said, you can't live here anymore. <laughs> oh, no. They were very nice about it. Um, and the house was just, I mean, it was trashed. <laughs> you know, in retrospect, <laughs> we probably shouldn't have rented a house to a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure I lied. I lied about everything back then. Um <laughs> So and they didn't do it like a credit report or make you have a co-signer. No. I probably okay. filled stuff out, but remember, like, I remember, like, the time that day that I got that that I got laid off because the um, my that job, the store, it was going out of business. What I remember doing is like hearing the news, walking out of the store, going around the corner where there was a drugstore, and buying a pad of job applications. Like you could just buy a pad like you would buy a notebook. Oh, pre-fill them out? And pre-fill them out and then I would walk, this is in Ojai, so you don't have a lot of options. <laughs> and I would walk down Ojai Avenue on this side and just walk in and go, you hiring? You hiring? Here's an application. Here's an application. Here's wow. an application. And tailor it for whatever the job was right. and lie about everything. That was how I got the job at the old folks' home. At the old folks' home, which is refer to my first, first time job. I got my first job or my first time I got right. fired? No, I think we just did first, first job. job. I yeah. love the first time I got fired. <laughs> yeah, I got I lied and got a job as a um, the head dietitian at a convalescent home liquefying pork chops. Good. That got fired from that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that was kind of it. Like I don't have an epic story other than um, that's an epic story. Epic. Friends, motorcycles through your house. My friends, yeah. all of those people are still in my life in in, in some way. Some of them I'm very close to and and hear from and see often, and some are just Facebook friends. But every time Red Knife pops up, 
on my <laughs> Facebook page. And maybe for for the for the podcast, I will put a picture of him in all his like shirtless oh, you glory. Have to. Yes. He was so beautiful. He still is beautiful today, and he still rides bikes. And he, he's like the guy up in Northern California who like posts the picture of him with his you know on his bike, but he's got his helmet on. Like, take it off. I want to see your beauty. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, that was my first apartment. Yeah, oh, that was great. Yay! Did you go to Nordoff High School? No, What's... I was homeschooled. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. So, but I, but I is that where you would sell the drugs at, though? Yeah, well, at Matillaha High School, oh. junior high. Oh, okay. But then, um, so the th- the weird thing about Nordoff is all my friends went to Nordoff. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so I would be bored a lot when my drug selling got a little bit better, and I didn't kind of have to have a job job. Um, I was bored, so I would go to Nordoff and just go to the classes. <laughs> Like, a, I would drop in to high school. Oh and um, the... Did you go to Nordoff? No, I grew up in Camarillo, but my, I okay. think my dad taught band at Nordoff oh, really? at some point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the vice principal, whose name was Mrs. Arcy, who was this tiny little woman with a pixie haircut and a long rat's tail <laughs> that I wanted to cut off so bad. And she was a horrible human being who used to call the police and get me chased off campus. And I would stand on the edge of like, I was such an asshole. I would stand on the edge of the property with my toe on the property line, like in Field of Dreams, you know, like I can't step over the line. And I would yell at her like, I just want an education! I was just like so angry with her. And there were a few teachers that would let me stay in the class. Um... The art teacher would let me stay and stay as many, like I could take art all day if I wanted. That's nice. The coach, who was also the algebra teacher, Mm -hmm. loved having me in algebra because I would sit in the back and help tutor his football players who wouldn't be allowed to play if they didn't pass their test. So I would sit in the back of the algebra class and tutor the um, football players in algebra and then... um, yeah, so I sort of went to Nordoff. Did you yearn, like, sort of doing your own self-parenting, did you yearn for rules and yearn for the, like, the diff- going I to class? I do a lot better and... with structure, mm-hmm. um, for sure. And um, I had none. So, yes, I, I don't know that I knew it at the time. I don't think I had the vocabulary or the life experience to know that's what was lacking for me. But I definitely do better when I have... So when everybody yelled at you at the Groundlings, you were like, this is my home. <laughs> when did you make peace with your mom? Because you and your mom get along now. Um, you know, probably, well, this is a whole other story. When I was, so when I, when I turned 18, this will tell you everything you need to know about my mom. When I turned 18, my mother rented a, a little bungalow, like a hotel bungalow in Santa Barbara. And... Um, we tied a rope around my waist and a rope around her waist, and we both took ecstasy. And then when we peaked, we cut the cord. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I think we're going Whoa. into your segment there, Mary Jo. Wow. That's a whole covered in chills right now. That is amazing. Oh my God. That that old story. I know. Oh Oh boy. I've heard that a million times. That's fantastic. (laughs) All right. Oh my God. And now, Hi, it's me. Um, I was eased into moving out of my parents' home. Um, I met a girl 
and then I started, it was one of those things where I just started staying over her place so much that eventually we moved in together. But first, we had, she had a roommate, and it was one of those situations where um, the roommate and I grew to detest each other. Um, and she had a point. <laughs> like, this was, I was completely invading their space. Um, and so we eventually moved out. But I, I remember that having a conversation with the roommate, like I was there washing dishes and it was always awkward when my girlfriend was not there and it was me and the roommate just hanging out, hanging out. And, um, <laughs> she came up to me and said, Hey, listen, let's talk. Oh boy. <laughs> Look, oh, no. You don't like me and I don't like you. Oh. Like this kind of thing. I'm like, well, why do we... What is this helping to ignite? Yes, you're right. But what what happens now? And there was no like, but let's just get let's just get along. It was like no, it was just ended there. You don't like me. I don't like you. Wow. Full stop. I have like, no solutions. Okay, there it's, we go. It's been said out loud. Fantastic. <laughs> but oh, not man. asking you to go away. Just sort of staking her. No, claim not. I you. mean, my in my memory of it, it really was just that that declaration. It was not like. Here's what I need from you because I pay rent here and you don't. It was just, we don't like each other and let's say it out loud. <laughs> um, so then we eventually, my girlfriend and I got a place together and and were there until we broke up. And um, that was my first like real taste of uh, like responsibility for uh, living somewhere, you know. And I grew up in a, in a house with uh, with five siblings, and um, you know, so this was like, and I, but I wasn't raised with any kind of real grown up skills. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how to handle money or you know pay bills and things like that. So it was a lot of learning the hard way, and unfortunately, inflicting that on someone else. Um, but I remember, like, I was out of work. Because um, I was doing open mics at the time and trying to start my and where is this? comedy career in Philadelphia, okay. and I got a, <laughs> uh, the place I was working at closed down my day job, and so I needed a new job, and so I applied for a job at this coffee shop <laughs> and went in. I never worked in the food services industry before. Go in there. Um, and it's just me and the person who owns the place, this woman who owns the place. And she baked all the the baked goods. And I manned the counter and got people their coffee. And my first day was, it started at 6 a.m. And just like this massive crush of people <laughs> like coming in on their way to work to get coffee. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And so I got home at, you know, one in the afternoon, whatever. I was exhausted. And I said, uh, you know, that was really, that was horrible. And my girlfriend was like, well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, if it was that bad, you don't have to go back. I was like, no, I need to have a job. I need to pull my own weight around here. She's like, don't, if the, if the job is that bad, then just quit. You don't have to do it. I was like, no, I have to do it. And then the next day, the alarm went off at 4 a.m. And I said, I'm not going to <laughs> And then she said, oh, no. don't you want to try it for one more day? And I was like, no. no. And, I, and I did not call the coffee shop. Oh, no. The coffee shop did not call me. So it was another, you don't like me and I don't like you situation. Oh, no. um, so then I moved into a place with some friends 
Um, and it was a it was a row house in in Philly, so it's like one of those like thin, tall, you know, houses where it would be like two rooms um, per floor. It was three floors, and there would be bedrooms and a bathroom in the middle. Um, and that place was uh, that felt more like okay, this is me. Like there's no safety net. I have to pay my share of the rent, and you know, I'm responsible to these other people and. Figuring out the dynamics of roommates and people you don't really know that well is miserable. But I remember <laughs> there was a couple that lived there. The guy that used to be my comedy partner and um, his girlfriend, who was also a friend of mine. Uh, they had a very tempestuous relationship. They fought all the time. I think to try to make their relationship better, they, they got a dog that then lived with all of us. <laughs> no one was consulted about oh, this. Oh, no. And so it was a rescue Doberman oh. um, who was a very sweet dog unless you talked baby talk to him, which is why everyone, <laughs> everyone does, does to dogs. Yeah. And so we, we found this out the hard way. And I remember having some people over to the house and there was a girl, co-worker of mine that was sitting on the couch next to the dog and talking to the dog like that. We're like, oh my God, don't, you cannot, you cannot talk to her that way because she will bite you. That's hilarious. And... She was like, what? That's crazy. And kept on doing it. The dog took a junk out. Oh, oh no. no. Like, like just a tooth-sized divot oh. in her cheek. Um, what was amazing about that dog was after the boyfriend moved out, they broke up. The boyfriend moved out. And so uh, my friend was there with the dog. And she worked a job where she was gone pretty much all day and night. So I would come home from my retail job and the dog, who was the only other person in the house, everyone had the same job for me. They were all carriage drivers in downtown Philadelphia. So they were like handsome cabs. They okay. were, you know. Um, you live in oldie timey land where you're called carriage drivers. That's right. That's right. So they would be gone forever. And I would get home from my retail job, and the do the dog would have shit and pissed absolutely everywhere, Aww. and I had to clean it up. And I remember one time thinking, like, I'm just gonna leave it here so that you know she'll come home and she'll have to clean it up. And I was like, well, then I'm the one that has to sit here in the shit and piss. So <laughs> after that, I lived in a place with. Um, some other dudes where I, and I talked about this in a in a stand up album that I did, where we um, had uh, this crazy landlord Stan who lived down um, who lived in the basement of this building, and we would see him every day. And when one time I remember him uh, wandering in drunk in the middle of the afternoon into our apartment. We were all just like sitting there and then all of a sudden like, oh, hey, hey, Stan, what's, what's going on? And he just started talking to us. He's like, what are you doing? We're like, we're, we're just listening to some music. Oh, put on Moon Glow. You know, Moon Glow is from Picnic with William Holden. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have Moon Glow, Stan. Uh, <laughs> so then... When I moved to, I had like a bunch of, I lived in a bunch of places. That was one of my last places before I moved to L.A. And when I moved to L.A., I had nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had a sort of promise of a friend that I could crash with that friend for a little bit. And then when it came time to actually move there, I was flying out. 
And my friend said, oh, yeah, no, you can't stay here. <laughs> I was like, if like, you know, I don't think we had like a solid plan that you were going to stay here. I was like, I thought that we did for sure. Oh, that's hilarious. And so this girl that I had a huge crush on, we had a weird on again, off again thing. She had moved there a few months before. And I was like, and I knew this was the worst thing I could do mm-hmm. was to say, can I just crash at your place for a couple nights? And she said yes, and she was, and she said the worst thing was like, I knew this was gonna happen. Oh, was like, oh, she said that. Yeah, oh. and she was right because right it nuts. did happen. Yeah. <laughs> she was so, not incorrect. So I eventually, I, I, that was uncomfortable, and I was there for a few days, and then coincidentally, a friend of mine that I, an old friend of mine from stand up that I didn't realize was in L.A. I ran into him in L.A. and he said. Hey, you know what? You can crash at my place. I'm moving back to Philadelphia. I'm going to be leaving like any day now. So just stay with me and you can take over my apartment. I was like, great. So I went to this place called, (laughs) it was nicknamed the Ho-Ho House because a bunch of comedians lived there. And there were headshots in the lobby. Yeah. Oh, 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 sure. I thought maybe it was a bunch of whores. Yeah. If, that would have been only, if only. If only it was a Wild West oh. brothel. <laughs> I was for ho- hoping for like retired um, Santas, like Macy's Santa. <laughs> it's a home and Paul. for a bunch of Santas and Paul. That's yeah. right. Or just chocolate cream filled ho hos. That'd be great, too. So he is living there with his girlfriend. And so it is a it is a one-room apartment. I think there is... Is there a bedroom? I think there is a tiny bedroom. And I slept on the couch. And it they stayed. They were supposed to leave any day now. And they stayed for, like, three months. And so I can't... It was something like three months because... They were there so much longer than it was supposed to be. Another apartment opened up in the building. I was like, I'm going to take that apartment. And then they stayed like another, almost another year. Um, But that, that feeling of being in this place where you have been welcomed by one person, but not by the other person. This was so much worse than that original situation. And I remember being on the couch and I was like, I would do the thing like, Try to like straighten up and then wash dishes and like do anything to make it seem like it's not so bad having it's a me here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like one of the borrowers or whatever. I'm like a <laughs> character that lives here. I'm Indian in the cupboard. Oh, and I try to make myself scarce, but then I remember being on the couch. I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go, and I was on the, on the couch in the middle of the day, like reading a book or something, and they came home. And the look on her face, like just like this, she saw me, and then just like this gigantic head and eye roll, like <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, how do I get out of here? <laughs> so eventually, I got the apartment, uh, an apartment on the first floor of this place that was right across from the manager's apartment. Um, <laughs> this couple, it was it was a little family, um, the super and his wife and their little kid, and. It was all fine for a while. My finances were um, catch as catch can. (laughs) And I was, where was I? I think I was working at Tower Video 
where I would eventually, I'd eventually get fired from there for stealing videotapes. Um, and so there was a period where I could not pay my rent on time. And the problem was the owner of the building would come on rent day and would sit in the manager's apartment with the door open, just like chair by the door wow. as wow. people came and went. Wow. Yeah. And I so many times <laughs> climbed out the window <laughs> to avoid having a conversation <laughs> with her. Because one time I talked to her to complain about something. I think I tried to complain to him. And he's like, tell her. And I was like, yeah, I left my my clothes in the washer. And like somebody just like put their clothes in with my clothes. Like I, I left it overnight and then, you know, they took my clothes and it was like, took me three days to get them back. And she went, that's bullshit. And I said, yeah, I was upset. She's like, no, you don't leave your clothes in the <laughs> washing machine overnight. There's other people that are trying to do their laundry. And it was like, oh no, this is, this is gone yeah, wrong. wrong. <laughs> and so I was terrified of her. And, um, I now see that, I drive past that place every time I go to Earwolf to do my podcast because <laughs> it's right it? in that neighborhood. It's on a little street called Carlton Way. Okay. Oh, yeah. we're going to talk about that later. Are we really? Oh, the perfect segue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so that that was my last. That, But that was my first time. When I lived in that apartment, it was my first time living by myself. I had never, and I, I it was... I couldn't believe how different it felt immediately. Yeah. Like as soon as I walked into that place and closed the door, I, I, I never experienced that before. Like this is my place. If the phone rings, that's for me. Mm -hmm. Like I can turn the TV on and off whenever I want. Clean or not I can, clean. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was, or you could die and no one would know. <laughs> that never occurred to me. Now it's all I think about. <laughs> But that, that was my first place. Yay! Yay! All right, we have Tom Link. Tom All right, Link, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Um, Hi. So I'm I'm gonna interpret your theme a little bit. Great. Okay. Oh. Um, Excellent. I'm gonna go with my first New York apartment, which was uh, back in 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. So I had many a, an apartment here in Los Angeles. And um, I went out there to do a, a musical on the Broadway called Rock of Ages. <laughs> you know the story. Whatever. I saw him in it. Um, anywho, I, my, f my friend, she was just moving in with her boyfriend. And so she had her sort of fancy lady sublet in Hell's <laughs> Kitchen that she let me have. Um, so I took it. It was like a late, like fancy a ladies. lady sublet. Yeah, you know, it was just like a little too expensive. <laughs> Like, really safe. There was an elevator. Nice. Um, yeah, I could walk to the theater from there. It was great. Um, and I had, all, like, her, all of her stuff. And, like, all of her winter jackets were in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> and her printer. And so I was, in, I was in rehearsal. And I'd never lived in New York before. And I was in rehearsal for the show. And we were, like, we were in, like, a rehearsal studio. And I was having trouble concentrating and I was like, oh, man, I'm like, so, like, the mosquitoes here are just eating me up alive. Oh, no. And she's like, oh, uh, there's not a lot of mosquitoes in New York City unless you've been hanging out in Central Park late at night. And I'm like, I haven't been, but should I be? Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, 
And she's like, you might want to get that checked out. And so I went to the dermatologist, Ooh. and yes, you guessed it. It was bed bugs. <laughs> Such a cliche. Ugh. It was that time period. I know. Bed bug time. God. And I'd only been there like a, like a week and a half. No, wait, just moved. Whose apartment was it? It was a, a lady friend of mine. I mean, I want to. I don't want to say who it is, That's just fine. in case That's she's fine. listening. But she's, she was it wasn't her fault because. It was Holland Taylor. Uh-huh. <laughs> In my mind, I was picturing Ellen Barkin. Uh, okay, Diane Weiss. No, it was oh. it was Swoozy Kurtz. I don't want to uh, out her. Yeah, now I'm going to think of her with uh, all over. So, okay. Now the good news is that it wasn't really. I had There's good news. The good news was like the exterminators came. There was no evidence of them. Like it wasn't the places you read about where they're like falling from the ceiling. Like, there was no. In the mattress, so maybe I picked them up on the subway on my jacket and brought them in. And maybe, so anyway, what so a world, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a hypochondriac anyway, so I was freaking out. And we're, we're like everywhere, by it was just on my arms and my legs. Okay. Could they have been on Swoozie's winter coats? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I had to clean, I didn't take everything out of the apartment, so not just my one bag of stuff I brought, but like. All of her jackets. Oh, we had to dry no. clean everything, and Ugh. so I was doing all this on top of rehearsing for the musical and trying to remember choreography that I was not good at, and <laughs> so it was a little overwhelming. Um, and I was afraid to sleep on the bed, but you have to then go back to the bed so you can bait them with your body heat <gasps> to see if they're gone. What? Mm. So there that, must be a better way. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently this is what I thought. You're like, you're gonna use me as bait. <laughs> this is like Deadwood. And I put the like the cover on the mattress to make sure. But anyway, I slept on the couch for three months um, <laughs> of my six months that I was there. I got very comfy on that oh. couch. But um, I remember the <laughs> the night the night before, like having my my opening night on Broadway, which to me was like this wonderful magical thing. I was exhausted from <laughs> do, going to rehearsals and then coming home and like doing loads of laundry oh and Tempting scrubbing, yeah, and baiting them like a, the vampires that come and get you at night. Um, and I slept in the bathtub the night before. <gasps> oh, no, are you serious? I remember I, I put my clo- my one set of clean clothes in a plastic bag and like hung it up on the oh, wall so the creatures no. couldn't get to oh it. Because by the way, no one will let you come to stay with them because they don't want oh, yeah, that shit in their yeah, house. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, this is the night before your opening debut on Broadway. Yeah, slept you in the bathtub. Slept in the bathtub. I should just get back in the bed, you idiot. Who cares? But no, I just I was, yeah, I was I a little traumatized. No, well, I get it. I'm with you. I get it. You just, you wanted to be totally Well, because clear. then, like, I had steam cleaned. I got a steamer and did the couch. And so right. I was scared to go there at first. Right, right, right. So th- later I went, I moved to the couch from Ugh. the bathtub to the couch. But then I remember at some point in and around just the couple weeks and the dealing with the bed bugs, I got into the elevator and there was like a, like a ten-year-old boy that lived somewhere. Um, he must have lived. No, yeah, he lived above me. So I got in the elevator, and he was in there, and he started like chatting with me, like, "How's it going, Mister?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's fine. Doing great." He's like, "It's a wonderful day outside, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah." I'm just like, like in the trenches of the bed bugs, like, like so depressed, and um, uh, I. 
He, oh no, okay. So he, uh, he low below me. So I'm in the elevator st- still. He gets out and the door's like not closing and I'm, I'm still in the elevator and I'm looking at him and he's framed by the, ele- the elevator door and he's just like waving like out of the shining, just like, <laughs> just like waving and staring at me and he's like, good night, mister. Oh. Sleep tight. Don't no, let the bed bugs oh. And the doors closed up, and I slumped down like Diane Keaton, just like (laughs) just the craziest, maniacal laughing, crying. That's my first New York. He knew. He knew. He's like the ghost of a kid who died in that building. (laughs) He died Maybe of bed he's bugs. A yeah. figment, a figment of my imagination. <laughs> oh my I'm so traumatized by the process. How long uh, were you there? Six in, months. Was that the longest you lived in New York? Yeah, it was the first and only time, and I. Uh, that was a series. I had like intense either food poisoning oh, or no. the norovirus, like back to back. It just like I guess it was just going. Anyway, I thought I was gonna die. I almost had to call, go to the emergency room because I'm like, I'm exploding from every orifice and I'm so dehydrated, I might die. I was praying. I was like, I'm praying for death. Like, this is that moment you hear about where you're like, wish you were dead. <laughs> oh, no. Um, in that bathroom. Uh, what else happened? There was. A, but how long does it take to get rid of bed bugs? Can you? Well, they, they went. Forever. It can take forever, but they were, I think they were gone after. Oof. Because it was not a bad infestation, but it's just like that and the getting sick and just a series of b- just weird things. It was a very bittersweet yeah. six months. Because on one hand, it was like, oh my God, I'm living, I'm, this is the dream. But also, I'm the only gay person in a Broadway musical. Mm. How is this wow. happening? That, that's nuts. Was, oh, yeah, because. Because it was like a rock musical and all the <laughs> bros are in the rock to musical. To give people background, <laughs> Rock of Ages started in Los Angeles and Tom was yes. part of the original cast. So you know that. Also, yes, I and was, then I had to audition for the part that I no, created, no, really? <laughs> which included many. Lines that I had improvised have been typed into the script, oh. but oh. I was like, you know, I'm gonna like be cool about it because one day maybe I'll get to, you know, you'll get residuals from all that. Oh please, oh please, no. Yeah, I'll but I just like, residuals. Yeah. I'll be cool. Yeah. I won't complain in case I get to like go do it. Or, but I, I mean, I'm surprised I got that part. It was fun, but it was also insane and crazy. When we came to see you in New York, I remember you referred to Hell's Kitchen by a different name. Oh yes, the Dance Belt. Which I love. Because all the dance, the dancers live in the sort of in radius. It was like the new Chelsea. Like all the gays had moved up to Hell's Kitchen, and so all the dancers were there, and so like they were calling it the Dance Bell. Which is funny because there are so many shows, those like Jessica Jones and um, Daredevil, that are all set around Hell's Kitchen being this thing. And I, all my opinion of Hell's Kitchen is you going. Hell's Kitchen or the Dance Bell. <laughs> I don't even think they really call it anymore, but like I remember the producers would at least refer to it as the Dance Bell because that's where all, that. all the gays um, were at. Where was your first just like human apartment? Like you just moved from where? Um, to I guess it would be New York is not human. It's bed bugs. Yeah, uh, you moved from the Salton Sea to. <laughs> <laughs> you live in some desolate Ohio. I lived in Camarillo. We were a little, like. To give you a reference, uh, Ohio was like 
the super artsy the hippies, and then you go down. Ventura is a little slightly more conserved. Did you hang out at Wild Planet, by the way? Or sure, Wild Planet and Xenon West. Did you go to Xenon West? No. What about Salzers? Oh, of course, Salzers. Salzers. Yeah, Busy Bee Cafe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Camarillo was like the like the conservative. Yes. Leisure Village is there with all the old people. <laughs> Just a lot of re- a lot of Republicans. And the mental health hospital. It was the state hospital was there, which now is uh, Cal State Channel Islands. And um, <laughs> we used to have to perform there in the marching band. We'd just go and play for them. At the mental institute? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I went from there to, I actually stayed, I went to Moorpark College, which is a local community college. So I had to stay home for two extra years. Oh. And then I transferred to UCLA. So my first actual apartment was after the dorms was a, it's an apartment with six guys in Westwood yeah, on Gailey. Six, I, seven, nine, Gailey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, I know it's in Westwood. That's the dan- dance belt West. Dance belt West. <laughs> but it was the most sort of bro-y. Yeah, Gailey's fraternity row. Yeah, oh, yeah. we were right next door to frats. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my straight roommates, their like, kitchen trash can was an outdoor trash can just like a giant because there was so much trash, trash yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like hey it's your turn to bleach the kitchen I'm like what do you mean bleach the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> I had like a super type A roommate that was like I'm like no I'm not bleaching the kitchen <laughs> or one time I did ironing and I took my distilled water for to iron a suit jacket like to lightly steam it someone had poured vodka in oh. that bottle so I oh. it turned into syrup like car- caramelized <laughs> syrup all over my suit jacket Jesus straight straighties you guys are the worst <laughs> tell me about it Yay! Yay! Two for one apartment special. <laughs> oh my God, Michael Hitchcock, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, here we go. Um, we're gonna kind of circle back a little bit to Carlton Way. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this connection. My first, my first apartment took a little while to get to. I I didn't get an apartment until I came out to Los Angeles to go to UCLA grad school. And Where were you coming from? I was coming from Chicago. I I graduated Northwestern, and I thought it would be a really good idea to go to UCLA so that I could get to know Los Angeles. Sure. That was the only reason I went to grad school, which is <laughs> not a good reason to go to grad school. Because you could have just come. I could have just come, but I was too scared. I was like Midwest. I, I totally I, get that. Yeah. yeah. My parents Absolutely. were like thought I was crazy, and and I and it, and it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to go to grad school to see if I like L.A. And, of course, I hated L.A. I hated L.A. for two years. I hated it. And part of the reason why was because I landed. The only person I knew lived on Carlton Way. Carlton Way, for those of you who know Los Angeles, is it's basically one block south of Hollywood Boulevard and Western. And Hollywood Boulevard oh, okay. and Western doesn't sound, it may sound glamorous if you live <laughs> anywhere but here. Well, now I wonder if it's but, close up because mine was near Van Ness. Uh, yeah, it's sort of near yeah. Van Ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it goes, <laughs> but it, uh, back in the day, I, I, I got here in the 80s and now Hollywood and 
Western isn't that bad. It's there's a metro station and there's a Starbucks and a CVS. Back then it was wall to wall. It was just porn stores everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It was like there was literally a porn store on one corner and then a pool hall and then a porn store and then the Pussycat Theater, which was an out you know yes. an adult uh, movie theater because it was just when VHS was starting, but the diehards still went to the movies. <laughs> and that's where I lived. And Carlton Way was, the actual apartment was nice-ish. I stayed on like a day bed in the sunroom, but there was like <laughs> most, sunroom. like most apartment, yeah, sunroom was quite fancy. <laughs> what um, yeah, I don't know, this one did. But you, would, you, you looked out at, at just a shitty neighborhood. It was like there was no... Uh, there, it didn't have any parking, um, or my roommate had the parking. Yeah, there's or whatever. no parking so, around there. Yeah, I'd have to park like four or five blocks away, mm-hmm. and I would run. I would <laughs> run. <laughs> I was like a film. I was a film school student, so I would get home like at three, four in the morning mm-hmm. from UCLA, which is like a good 30, 40 minute drive. And you'd park wherever and then just run to the apartment. <laughs> and my car was hard to park because I, the only thing I could afford, which cost $500, was a 1975 Chevy station wagon. Yeah. So, boat. I mean, it was a real, it's a, a boat. boat. Yeah. It was like, if you ever saw wow. the Way Back, the movie, it was that yes. car. It was just huge. So to, and I always, I was always popping tires because I was always going over the curbs. <laughs> and you couldn't park it anywhere. There was no place to park it. So, and I remember one time I was coming, I was down Sunset coming home like really late at night and these two girls were in another car and they asked me for a date and I thought, well, this is just, wow, they really think I'm fancy and it was, they were hookers and they were like, <laughs> they were like hookers in a car and I thought, good for them. <laughs> and that, yeah, so that's, and I, so I, I stayed there for maybe two months while I was trying to find my own place and I definitely remember Halloween because I thought, well, we'll get trick-or-treaters because I'm from the Midwest. So I went out and bought a bunch of candy. No one no one came to the door except finally these two little kids came and I said, where are you from? And they went, Armenia. And I thought they were like, I thought you meant like, you know, like the neighborhood. So they just arrived too except from Armenia. So I did what everybody does when they move to LA. You, 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 you sign up like an idiot for those stupid things that you know, help you find apartments. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, you can get a great apartment for $400, and it just sounds amazing, and then, of course, it isn't. Right. And I, I distinctly remember one that sounded fantastic, and it was literally an old folks' home on Fairfax. <laughs> and, like, where they were, like, literally there was, like, an ambulance in front when I was pulling up. Oh, like, and the Shalom Assisted Living Hotel? Yeah. yeah, and they were renting out rooms, and I thought, oh, I can't live there. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, Renting a room in what sounded, again, fantastic, and it was on Benedict Canyon. Um, It sounded like this big, beautiful home with a pool on Benedict Canyon up by Mulholland, which is like movie star territory. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. Mm -hmm. But then when I got, and I rented it like an idiot. When I got there, it was, you walk in the front door. It was a big house, but it had been neglected forever. The pool, you know, the the filter broken long ago. So it was just like a mud pit. So Mm -hmm. no one ever used the pool. And then it was just slab of cement throughout the whole house because it always flooded. So they'd ripped up all the carpeting and it was just, uh, you know, so it smelled like mold and, and it was owned by a psychotherapist and then his, like his stoner son lived there too. And I rented a room and then I, I, you know, I'd signed the papers and paid the money and then they told me, 
we don't believe in locks. And so <laughs> there were no locks. And it is kind of a nice neighborhood, sort of. But there were no locks on the front door. There were no locks to my room. And so I always thought I was going to get murdered in my sleep. <laughs> and I also thought they'd come in my room and look snoop around. I mean, that fucking stoner kid would definitely do it. Sure. And Can't trust druggies. Can't trust druggies, as you all well know. I, I will. Um, <laughs> And then what made it even more bizarre is they had a pet cat who was trained so that the cat like could poo on the toilet. What? And it could, oh. it could also fetch. But it also ate all the food off the counter. So like one time they asked me, did I want a hamburger? And I said, yeah. And then I looked over and the cat was eating the ground beef on the counter. And I thought like, I just, I have to get out of here. I'm so Like depressed. the raw ground beef? So yeah, it was, it was, it was a mess. So I, I... Decided I was gonna. I stayed maybe a month and a half, and I left. Two days before I left, they they got new carpeting because they 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 fixed the leak. And then in the middle of the night, they pounded on my door and said, "It's flooding again!" And we all we all had to get up. I had to get up and pull the carpeting up while so it wouldn't ruin the carpeting they just put down because the house was flooding again. And in the middle of pulling up Where the carpeting... Where was the water coming from? From the hill from up above. It was below Mulholland, so it came down the hill and into their house. Like, you know, like the mudslides we always get around here. So, so I, I told them while we were pulling up the wet carpeting that I was moving. And, and they, they didn't like that. But I, I, I didn't care. I just, yeah, but I mean, could they even argue with you? No, they yeah. couldn't. They couldn't. And yeah, honestly, what are they going to say? Why? No. And I, I at least thought maybe the stoner kid would be friendly, but he was so stoned he never even talked. So it was, it was just not not great. And I ended up moving to Brentwood, and like you, I ended up in um, an apartment. A fancy two, lady's apartment? A fancy lady's apartment. <laughs> no, this is, um, it's what you, all students do. It was a two-bedroom place, but because no one had any money, four of us stayed there. Right. So for two years, I shared a bedroom with a fellow student who was an actor. And <laughs> um, I bought my mattress on Western Avenue, Near Carlton Way, <laughs> it was reconditioned, which means it's used, what? and they they fixed the springs. And I'm saying after maybe one month, the spring popped, and you you just learn to sleep around the the, the oh. spring that's popped out of your mattress. And I kept it. I think I kept it for at least two years because wow. I couldn't afford another mattress. Yeah. And then um, I bought a dresser from a garage sale for five bucks, and I still have it. Wow. So that was a good. Yeah. Um, that was a good find. And then all of us pitched in, and we bought our che- one of those cheapo couches that's made out of foam, basically. Foam mm-hmm. and just like two-by-fours yeah. with yeah. foam on it. And But it looked kind of nice, and we all chipped in, and we were so proud of it. But they all, everyone left except for me for Thanksgiving, and I, for some reason, felt cold. So I put a heating pad, I turned the heating pad on and put it on my feet and it burned the couch up. And it melted all the food. <laughs> Melted the couch, and they were so mad at me because we'd we'd all chipped in to pay for it. It was the pride of the home. It was the pride of Brentwood, our fantastic house. What street was that on? That was on Montana, and and it was actually a that was a nice neighborhood. Montana's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. and that was a time when my first job, I just I got a job at a 
a place called Celebrity Service, and they you would call up and uh, if do you you would pay money and people would pay money to get like celebrity addresses, <laughs> and we would look them up on the computer. But the lie was we didn't have a computer; we just had little index cards. <laughs> So we put them on hold, and we'd look up index cards with some dumb address that they had from somewhere, and that was that's what I did. What a and weird then, job! What a weird job! I know. I don't think it exists anymore. And then I became, it shouldn't. That I know. Yeah, it sounds horrible. But I love that we lied about that we had a computer. Was, I know. Yeah, that was part of that, your yeah. authenticity. Yeah. Well, one moment, please. Yeah, one moment, please. And then you just look up look a little like, little recipe card, and then. And then I quit that job because it wasn't great and became a Universal Studios tour guide. Oh, wow. And that's when I fell in love with the valley. And I ended up finally moving to Sherman Oaks and stayed there for 12 years. But yeah, the. And the is that uni- when, you, when, like, when you met Tony? And, like, that yeah, the Universal Studios, like, that's a very hard job to get. It, yeah. for, it's really? a minimum wage job, and you have to go through two massive interviews and then a huge long training process where they. Uh, end up kicking out at least half the people. Um, oh, my God. I yeah, had no idea. But I met two lifelong friends there, Karen Mariama and Tony Sepulveda. We've been friends Aww. forever. But it's a crazy job once you get it. Like, I had one time I was on, you know, you give the tour on the tram, and um, somebody, an adult, not a baby, pooed in the back seat. <laughs> so literally pulled down their pants and pooed in the very oh, back oh, seat of the tram. Like, oh, no, they did it on purpose. <laughs> Because yeah. they got to go or because they were mad I, at your no, tour? No, I think they were, it was like some kind of weird prank. Because it was a massive oh, human pile of yeah, shit right, when you get out. Right. And it was like, <laughs> not a real shark. What? And then somebody so flashed the, me once. So as the guy, do you have to clean it up? I didn't have to clean oh, it up, thank, thank God. God. Yeah, no, Did yeah. somebody flash you? you somebody said? flashed me in the front row. A woman flashed, like, showed me her beeve in the front row. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she just spread her legs and there it was. And she was giggling. And you're giving the tour and you're looking right at it. <laughs> So you get some crazy stuff. And here's where Jaws happens. (laughs) And Universal, to their credit, one time we had another tour guide who was an alcoholic. And he... (laughs) Tony's He It wasn't Tony. (laughs) But he got laughing when the tour started. And he got out of the tram and literally fell down this huge hill. (laughs) Because at that time, this tour started up top of the hill. He fell down the entire hill. And um, (laughs) just tumbled down it. And... And they sent him to rehab, which was really nice. Oh, that's nice. It was very nice of them. And you could get fired at the time if you mentioned that it was smoggy or if it was hot. Because, which makes sense. You know, people pay, you know, a lot of money. They don't want to hear that it's smoggy and hot. So, yeah, you could get fired if you reminded people it was smoggy and hot. And you couldn't mention Disney because they were in a fight with Disney at the time. Because Disney had stolen kind of the idea for City Walk from them uh, and built downtown Disney. So they were... They're in a feud. Um, and then, no matter what, the tour would completely always stop, always, if anybody from outside of the United States saw a squirrel. So if they saw a squirrel, <laughs> they would go crazy <laughs> and just start chattering away. No take, I guess not, at least not in Japan. They just went crazy. So it was just, you could be talking about, you know, <laughs> something fantastic. And they... Yeah. So I represented and one of the things oh with Universal. <laughs> the thing that stuck by me with the Universal job, which still I think was actually very smart of them, even though we got paid minimum wage, they would tell you, they'd say, just remember that you're not only representing Universal, 
you're also representing Hollywood. Oh. And in many cases, you're representing the United States of America. <laughs> wow. In many cases. So, so Not all, but you have many. A, you have you the most important job in the world. Yeah, the most important job in the world. UN soldiers. Yeah. 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 So you, yeah, you feel like really you're doing your part for America every day you did that That's tour. so crazy. It's crazy. Mike, when, what time period were you at university? This was the 80s. So yeah, and it I would do this. I would so do this. Like you're representing America, but here's the Jaws. Yeah. The oh no. It's sure. entirely possible you led mine and Ian's tour. I very well could have. Universal wow. Studios. Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was. It was. It was a big responsibility. Yeah. Everybody, all of you, you, Karen and Tony, all yeah. loved that. And to this job. day, I have dreams about that job. I have wow, dreams. Really? I have really? dreams that I'm. I have to give the tour or that for some reason I'm giving the tour and the tram pulls out on the freeway and I have to continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. oh, really traumatized. Oh, yeah. Oh, One time I had a dream that it, that we were on a, a log flume and I was giving the tour. <laughs> a log flume. Yeah, it was crazy. But then I would go home to, you know, to our, our four-man apartment and you'd think you have the glamour of Hollywood and then, you know, we're all living together. And then one last little tidbit. Ten years later, <laughs> three blocks away was where Nicole Brown Simpson got murdered. <gasps> so that was oh. my neighborhood. Wow! Just the for some end. Yay! Yeah. For those who don't Ooh. live in California, that's a real contextual yes. reference. Um, Oof! Oof! All right, guys, it's Ooh, my turn to tell my story of privilege, always in contrast to Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll live in the bottom. All right, so my story is sort of half how I got my apartment and then half my apartment. So when I was 17, graduating from high school, I said I was going to move to L.A. and become an actress. And that was my plan. And my idiot boyfriend at the time got his feelings hurt that I hadn't asked him to go, even though he had zero interest in going anywhere. Um, so I invited him and he came along. So by the time I worked that summer, I turned 18 and I was plan I was planning to move to LA. So, uh, this is 1997. So the internet exists, but you can't re, I don't even think search engines exist yet. Or if they do, I didn't know about them. So I had looked up a couple places online of like where to live in LA, but I had no idea. And so it was like, okay, we're just going to wing it. And I had one job prospect. I worked at this place called Stardust Christmas that sold Christopher Radko. Uh, Ooh, yeah, nice. uh, what is it called? Christopher Radko Christmas ornaments. Oh. Which, like, if you know what Christopher Radko is, it, people are obsessive about it. They're like glass blown <laughs> ornaments that people collect. Like Lalique or, or like a Yadro or something yeah, like that. Something level. important, but like okay. not not good. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the, the rep, the West Coast slash Hawaii rep. Also <laughs> sold to this place in um, Santa Monica on Montana. And so I had a job lead that he was, he was like, I could suggest you to this retail store that you could maybe get a job interview. So I was like, okay, I'm going to look at Santa Monica. I'm going to move to L.A. That's what I'm going to do. So me and my dumb boyfriend <laughs> with no ideas are ready to go there. And I just assumed we'd get one of those motels. I don't know why I knew about long-term stay motels. I might have looked it up on the Internet. But, and they, there are a lot of them in L.A. where you can wow. just stay for a while. And that was my plan. But my Aunt Margaret died earlier that year. And my Uncle George, who we never saw, ever, who lived in Irvine, um, came out for the funeral. And he said, no, 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 you're not going to stay. 
in um, one of those motels. Carolyn, my cousin, his daughter, lives in L.A. She'll, she'll let you stay with her. I had met Carolyn like twice. So it was... Were you around the same age? No, 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 no. Oh. Not at all. Like she's maybe eight, nine, ten years older than me. So it was, it was weird, but it was also like, cool, I guess I don't... I have to stay in one of those motels. Making me anxious. Yeah. <laughs> so we get there. She picks us up. And like, it's supposed to be perfect. Because the cool thing is, she's dating a guy who has a house in Westchester. And so she's just living there. Her one-bedroom apartment in Beverly Hills adjacent is free for us to live in. Wow. And so the first few days, it was. Now, we don't drive. So we get up in the morning. We take the bus to, like, the Santa Monica City Hall and get bus maps and bus passes. We get, like, we go to Westside Reynolds' office to get, yeah, printouts. <sighs> and, like, she did have a computer and we could subsequently look up stuff online, but it was still, like, you more had printouts. And, um, yeah, printouts and Thomas guides. Yeah. yeah. And in the mid, and not Thomas guides because that implies driving. Oh, that's no. right. Printouts right. and bus, bus guides because oh. you're busing. Now, we're in also in the midst of job interviews and looking up apartments. So, Brad, my idiot boyfriend, who's 21, is dressed like an idiot man. But I, is idiot 21 year old, but I'm like in like sort of heels or platform shoes and nice stuff walking around Los Angeles looking at apartments. Oof. And my recommendation for anyone ever going anywhere to look up apartments is drive around where you like. Yes. And look at buildings you like, hope they have signs, and call them. Because everything we did was we would be like, ooh. And, it take, and the worst part is taking a bus there. It's like a two-hour journey that would take a normal human being 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You get there, and you see this beautiful apartment that you love to live in. Mm-hmm. And next to it is the shithole that's at the <laughs> <laughs> All these like bachelor apartments and all this stuff, and and you know we didn't have a huge budget, so we we've, we've been doing this for about a week and a half, and um, so in the midst of all of this, Carolyn and uh, who I love by the way, she's not to blame in this at all. This is your cousin, my cousin, Carolyn, my cousin, gets into a fight with this boyfriend. Uh-oh. So now all of a sudden, Ooh. this glorious situation, as Paul would know, now she's in her one bedroom apartment and two. A 21-year-old and an 18-year-old are, like, squatting in her living room. And she's just had her heart broken. Yeah, she's had her heart broken. So she's just like, and, and she doesn't know us, and her dad forced this on her. Right. So she's just like, ugh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and we were, like, busing to get our groceries and busing. But, but it's still, like, you don't want this in your house. So anyway, I go to a job interview. At Room with a View, where I ended up getting a job mm-hmm. from the Christopher Rodko conne- collect- connection. What's Room with a View? Room with a View doesn't exist anymore, but it was on Montana. Oh, yeah. It was a very f- fancy upscale furniture store. Oh, yeah. this does sound familiar. Was that near yeah. the Arrow movie theater? <clears throat> Maybe. it's It was on 15th and Montana. Yeah, Montana and 14th yeah. was the Named movie. after the movie, probably. Maybe, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, they. No relation. So, I was there at that interview. <laughs> And she came home in her, like, sad, depressed state to Brad with ketchup on her white couch. I don't know, I don't know what he was eating, but apparently it involved ketchup on her white couch. He had not boyfriend. He didn't stay in the couch, but he was sitting on her white couch eating something with ketchup. And it just, it was enough. Like, she was done. 
Like just. So it didn't actually get on the couch. It was just. No, like, no, no. This is about she, to go She just down came home to some it. like sloth. 21 year old boy eating something with ketchup on her white couch on her shabby chic sofa and she said like where's Colleen he's like I don't know I don't like doing it like just like a douche and he actually he could entirely be a lovely person it's just been so long since I've seen him that in my mind he's the idiot you haven't said his name so you're on it I did say it oh you did but I didn't say his last name several times Brad so anyway so she calls her father who calls my father. Oh, boy. So then when I get home, it's like a mess. And my father's calling me like, what's happening? What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just got back from a job interview and I got the job. Like, well, I don't know. And my dad's like, well, apparently, because my dad hated Brad. Sure. Of course he'd hate Brad. Yeah. A, he'd hate Brad because he's my boyfriend and he's having sex with me. But also he was a <laughs> douche. And my dad consented he was a douche. At least in the way that all people at that age are douches mm-hmm. two fathers so anyway uh he may still he may be an, i just don't know what personality is true and what personality is my perception of you <laughs> so anyway wow brad i hope you're not listening i know so my dad tells me all of this and i'm like okay um okay well we'll just go back to, and i'm annoyed because i'm like i never even asked for this like i said we'd say in a motel jesus christ so um, I'm like, okay, fine. And so then my aunt calls, because these are all the siblings, which I love. Um, all of them except for Aunt Margaret were alive. So they were all like us, like me and my siblings. Mm, drama. Just in each other's business. My aunt calls, and, she's, and she lived in uh, Alameda. What is Alhambra. Alhambra. And she says, hey, I'm going to come pick you guys up and take you to one of those motels that you guys are planning on staying at. And I was like, okay, great. And then I hang up with her, and we had gone to see one apartment. That seemed good, and this woman seemed interested in us. But by the way, I'm 18 years old, and I have no credit. Right. I have right. nothing. No one's going to rent an apartment to me. No one. I mean, I don't... You managed to get a whole house. So um, I call this one woman that we'd met with, and I say, Hey, um, do you... Um, can we have the apartment? And she went, Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was like, Can we move in tonight? And she said, Sure. So then, very oh, smugly, no. when my aunt showed up, I was like, you're not taking us to a motel. You're <laughs> taking us to our new apartment. <laughs> and what I love, too, is like, we just had these bulk bags, and we had... Now, like, have you seen this place I had, We visited. Okay, we saw okay. it. All right. But my favorite thing about like the stuff that my parents had given me when I left, like, I had giant suitcases of clothes, mm-hmm. a giant serving bowl... Okay. That I still have. <laughs> uh, a set of utensils that I think probably some of them still exist. And a, a rubber frog that had a, a motion detector that would ribbit if someone moved past it to, like, make me feel secure and comfortable. Sure. Absolutely. If someone was approaching my Absolutely. So me, all these things, and my ketchup-loving boyfriend move into this apartment. Now... Just picture him like a cartoon. All he has like ketchup, and he's like, he's just a ketchup covered in ketchup. Going, I don't know where she is. In Beverly Hills adjacent. Blood, and he's killing you. Yeah, I just, but it never gets on the white couch. Don't look under the well. So my aunt, who had a massive uh, eating disorder, while she drops this off, uh oh, gives me a giant bag of like weight. Uh, bars, which I wait, ate wait. throughout the years. Like Slimfast bars or something? Yeah, Slimfast and various... Figurines. Like, yeah, figurines. Figurines. <laughs> figurines. Paul, Paul fans oh, will know this. Figurines. 
she gives a giant cup of car change. Which adds up to be like sixty dollars oh, for the wow. change, nice. and as a bus rider, that's a lot of quality money. And it wasn't pennies; like it was good money. We live silver, baby. Yeah, we lived off of this cup change. Oh. So anyway, we move into where's the apartment? So the apartment is actually in kind of a swanky place. It's thirty third in Pico. So we're in Santa Monica. 30th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. We're, so we're in the east end of Santa Monica. Yeah. So we're in Santa Monica for those near who the don't beach. live in L.A. Yeah, yeah. nearish. 33 blocks. 33 blocks away from yeah. the beach. Um, <laughs> give or take like Lincoln and some other. Yes, yes. Uh, Cloverfield. Yes. Uh, anyway, so we're in this thing. And the thing is, it's a house with, with a garage that's in the back. So it's a garage that's been converted into an apartment. So the the bottom floor of the garage is like couches and it's furnished, which was amazing for us. And full cable, which is all I ever need. Like we, we had all the channels we needed. It's like oh great. But the and then there was a loft built in that was our bedroom. I had all the weird things like the 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 oven and the stove and the refrigerator on one side of the room, right. and it was just like a sink that you washed your hands in, you brushed your teeth in, and also you wash your dishes in. And you wash your clothes, <laughs> like <laughs> that thing. Yeah. And then this weird sort of hallway room that was just like a shower with a really high nozzle and a shower curtain that protected you and a toilet next to it. <laughs> now, I love that shower because the nozzle was so high. I think it was designed <laughs> because it was right next to the pool of this woman's house. Because you're an animal. So I think it was meant to be like a pool shower. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what we lived in. Now, here's the thing about this place. Like, actually, it was kind of awesome. Like, it was furnished. It was perfect for people who have no... They have a big bowl. <laughs> and a frog who tells you people are going. But the great thing was, we were like, we were in the safest neighborhood, but I was terrified. And I was like, oh, but we're so far back. Like, if they... I thought, if they murder or rob anybody, they'll murder this house, and they'll think, oh, I'm in a garage, and they won't come from the garage. <laughs> That was Smart. Safe. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> and I would use that sometimes when he was gone, or like would go to on trips or something. I would be like, "Oh, that's that that calmed me down, so I could fall asleep." What? I'm sorry. What trips is he taking? Well, okay, so <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, right. So here's the thing: our house is uh, is probably a garage slash pool house. So mm-hmm. my favorite part about this, when she rented it to us, she said, "If you want to use our washer and dryer, you can." Now, I don't want any interaction, interactions with strangers ever. No. Like, I hate them. So the idea <laughs> oh, the idea of having to come over on a regular basis and be like, can I put my clothes into your yeah. washer and hang around while it washes, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So because we didn't have cars and we lived at least a mile and a half walk from a laundromat, we basically either sink washed or never washed anything. I think we spent mm-hmm. nine months there never washing sheets. Like, it was disgusting. Oh. Um, so there was that. Jeez. Also, we were by the pool, but I think they were like us. They never used the pool. So there was just this, like, glorious pool for nine months. That's nice. Was never used. It just laid there in the California right. sun. Never used. The other thing about this apartment was on the corner was this Russian grocery store that was only open some of the time. So initially mm-hmm. we were like, ooh, this is cool. There's a grocery store like right here. It's a block away. And they would have like a peanut butter, a <laughs> loaf of bread. Not even like a brand of peanut butter. I mean literally one, one thing of peanut butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would look at us like, why are you here? Like it was a front for something. Right. And we're like, but at least there's a grocery store. But then eventually that grocery store just stopped being open. 
So then we had to take the bus to the grocery store. Oh. And when you take the bus to the grocery store, you only buy light things that last. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we bought ramen. I'm going to say it the way it makes people comfortable. Uh, white bread. Because I say ramen <laughs> and it makes people. Oh, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Ramyeon. Yeah. Ramyeon. Like ramen. Wait, you want to say it? In Hawaii, people call it ramen. And. But that's basically. Ramen. Ramen? Ramen. Like ramen. We call it ramen. Like uncooked like, like, like it's yeah. Yeah. Uncooked men. And, yeah. and a lot of people like go like, why are you saying that? And they go, it's ramen. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, but... And I tried in San Francisco. I tried to ask at a ramen place, what do you call it? And he was like, anyways, go correct. And I'm like, no, I don't need like an ethereal accepting answer. I'm actually checking because I've been given a lot of shit about this. Right. <laughs> anyway, we lived off of Top Ramen. Uh... Toad and holes, right? Eggs and toast. And like, that's it. And like, we just ate that constantly. So we were so malnourished. (laughs) We were so poor. And we were taking the bus everywhere. And then the other thing about this place was this was like, we'd moved to LA, and this is the first time we'd ever experienced where like water out of the tap is not delicious. Right, yeah. Uh And this was pre, I think, Brita filters being available. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it was the boom of the, like, go take your jug and refill it at a water place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it was starting to die, and the grocery store had it, and then the grocery store shut down, so then we had no source of fresh water. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. So then we would go oh, to that, the grocery store. That pool is looking so good. Yeah. <laughs> we would go to the grocery store and buy the uh, frozen cans of lemonade. And we would dilute it, like hyper, hyper dilute it with the water. Because then it made the water at least palatable. <laughs> so we were just drinking like sugar water. <laughs> Sugar tap water. Sugar tap water in order to like get the tap water down. Yeah. One sink. It was so, so sad. Wait, I remember there was one more horrible thing that was about that. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so we were nowhere near groceries, we were nowhere nowhere near laundry, we were nowhere near good water. So eventually, towards the end of the nine months, Brad goes home to Hawaii. That's when I have to be like, oh god, I'm alone. And uh, he comes back and declares, like, summers in California are too hot. He's moving back to L.A. He can't work at Universal. He also said I'm emotionally abusive, which is possible I was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were emotionally abusive? He said it was mean to him. He didn't use that terminology. He said it was mean to him. But he's an idiot. Uh, Boy, Brad is really getting it. (laughs) He's really going to eat it. Choking on his ketchup listening to this. So then he... um, he moved back to L.A. So I had one month left because I the landlady was so confused. But actually, it's true because we paid first months and last months or half and half. Like we did something like that. So I was like, she's like, oh, so rent. I'm like, no, I I paid you already for first months. Like, like that's the term first months and last month. So I paid you first months and this is the last month. Like mm-hmm. I'm paid up. Yeah. Like that's it. And I'm going to leave. And um, after nine months, I left that place. With a, a bunch of like candles and my silverware and my giant artisanal bowl and my frog that could alert me to danger. <laughs> and uh, like just like a couple bags and my friends Norma and Anna like packed me up in a car. I had less, I think, leaving than I did coming. Oh. And I left that place like just a stinky, gross. I wasn't that stinky. I'm actually not a stinky person. 
I don't create that much human filth. Like, if I wash myself, it's fine. Right, but if you never wash your sheets uh, for here's nine months. Despite my, like, horrible diet and, because, uh, like, it was just all, like, sodium and eggs. <laughs> and, like, when I'd be at work, they would, they had, like, tea, high tea that they'd make me serve. Because they were trying to figure out what to do with me because I was, like, a gift wrapper but not a gift wrapper. Um, they'd be like, well, we're going to do high tea in the store. And I, they they ordered all these Madelines, and I had to, like, serve Madelines. They were a bunch of, like, shitty frozen Madelines in the thing, and I'd be starving, and I'd eat Madelines, which is, like, a, just a shame emotion right now, thinking about it. So that was my entire diet. Um, but, like, so that, yeah, that was all it is. I, I do think there is some sort of, like, special smell that other people create, and I don't think it's a male or female thing. I just think, like, I'm not a particularly stinky human being. No, I wouldn't describe you as stinky. Like, yeah, I mean, well, back then though, oof. <laughs> I mean, but anyway, so yeah. I yeah, I emerged from that as a <laughs> probably very sick. And then when I moved into my first apartment, which I think we, uh, my first apartment alone, yes, that we've talked about. Like the first thing I did was get ruffles and ranch dip and ice cream. Chocolate chip sandwiches and eat those on a loop because it was near Ralph's. And I could. Anyway, but that's a whole nother story yeah. for all that. Yeah. It's all, it's such a weird thing. Well, first of all, I want to call out fucking Westside Rentals because what <laughs> a the fucking worst. scam. Because you would pay the money and they always did. I remember going to see an apartment once where they were like, it's a view of the Hollywood sign. Thought, oh, it well, all sounds amazing. The best. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember getting into this apartment and going, there's one window in this apartment. Yeah. You have to lean out the window, stretch your body around like a tree, and you can see the H. Like a little bit of the H. Like that's it. Yeah. Like, but they, they were so horrible. They would also do the thing where you would call about an apartment and they said, oh, that apartment isn't available. Yes, like the yes. fucking used yeah. car sale. It was yes. a bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really was. Like I'm telling you, it was that old folks home. Like, yeah. Nobody in their twenties is going to live with a bunch of. Yeah, 90 don't hours. ever do Westside Rentals. Drive yeah. around. I don't find know if that's place. what mine was. They may be responsible for like the maybe they coined the term Beverly Hills adjacent, but then to mm. them, Beverly Hills adjacent is a, a very large yes. place that's adjacent to yeah. the BH. Like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it'd be like saying Hollywood and Western is Hollywood. <laughs> it's not Hollywood. It's Hollywood and Western. Yeah. <laughs> it's East Hollywood. It's nine zero two eight, but it is not Hollywood. Yeah, and the guy that started West Side Rentals is like huge Rich, millionaire. I'm yeah. sure. Let's all start rental. I read an article, and, and I always think <laughs> it's really it funny. Be? Like, yeah, I mean, can you I imagine? I, I mean, you were telling your story, Paul, about your coffee shop job, and that you like it was one day. I always mm. think about like what is her story? Like, this kid. <laughs> I think about that all. I've, right? Every like, what time. is the story the she tells? She like, got, that you kind of need to make amends, Paul. The, the fact that she you got that she never called to say yeah. like, where were you? Is like. This has happened to her before. A lot. Because she was, I will say, she was a fucking jerk. She was not, she was a really unpleasant person. And she was like, she she was treating me as if we had been working together for years, you know? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe, like, why did you Like, I told you this a thousand times. Maybe yeah. she has that face disease where she can't tell the difference. <laughs> so if we do that same thing, Tom, what's the follow-up with Swoozy? Do you think she was like, oh, thank you for taking care of my bed bug thing? Or thanks a lot for bringing bed bugs into my house. I think they came out of her hair. Well, no, she was, no, I'm still, she's still one of my dearest friends. She got them from Tony. Um, and she, like, she split, like, 
I felt bad because maybe I brought them in. So she paid for half. I paid for the other half for like the extermination. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I did something so careless and horrible that I will not admit it on this podcast. But in leaving the thing, she had to deal with such a mortifying situation. Wait, remember that oh, I left behind? No, I have to edit this out. I'm not going to say what it was. I, I will just say that, like, I am for- She knows and you know. Yes, I am forever <laughs> in her debt. I will always do nice things for her. Oh I am horrified at what she had to go through. Oh, my God. All right, Michael, what's your I don't follow? know if Sorry. I want to know I don't, more. I, I know. I don't want to know. It's, it's, and it's like, I didn't, anyway. I like she's such yeah, oh a, my God. She's a wonderful person, and I love her dearly. And oh, man. Anyway. That's so crazy. What? What's my follow-up? Is follow there any what? horror show follow-up that you have for you? Well, I have to say. Oh, my God. How the guy, did he make it in rehab? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I hope he did. I, I like with them. I, like, um, I like to think he did. No, I, I have to say, my parents came out to visit uh, in the 90s. And back then, you know, it's before digital cameras, so that you would get the pictures they took later. You know, yes. they'd go do it. You I know, missed that. So anyway, they sent them in the mail. I'm looking through pictures, and I found my mom posing in front of it, in front of tape, like a caution tape. I thought, where is she? Like at a construction site? And I looked carefully. It was Nicole Brown. Oh, it was police tape, and have she, that I have it. That's awesome. Uh, and it's she went there without me knowing oh it. Oh my god! And is smiling in front of the oh the, de- the death no. condo. Oh my and god. it is it's just unbelievable. I'm like I couldn't believe it. But uh, you wow. forget, like now when you see like People versus OJ and those and yes. the and ESPN documentary, which if you haven't seen it is incredible but you forget like what a huge deal that was and that my parents literally went to the death site as part of their vacation you need to give us that picture I I have it All right, let's do plugs oh shameless plug (laughs) Paul tell people about where they can find you Um, I don't know oh you know what follow me I'm on on all the social things Uh, P.F. Tompkins on Twitter and um, Instagram Thank you, man. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook and... And Paul has a brilliant podcast called Spontaneous. Yeah. That's true. He's the king of podcasts. <laughs> Colleen, of course, has been on the show many, many times. Fan favorite, by the way. Ooh. Fan favorite. I, like that. I don't like compliments. Wow. <laughs> and you don't like See, strangers. That, I thought that's what it was. Your boyfriend gave you compliments. You are like, I don't, I don't like, like it. it. And he's like, you're mean. Tom. Um, lately, you can find me on the Instagram. And my handle's at Tommy Lenk. That's L-E-N-K. And um, you can maybe see some of my side penis. Or well, uh, That's a good one. I had a side penis reveal t- yesterday. Yeah. Well, and then you couldn't see anything. It was just sort of like a... a like a spandex but any it's a long story guys just go through his instagram through you'll it. understand it's very popular with um ladies with 25 to 35 right now so <laughs> Susie and others like her michael i'm on the twitter and the instagram at hitch michael h-i-t-c-h michael mm-hmm. um yeah starting up old crazy ex-girlfriend a couple more months yeah. big, fan. big fan yeah Mary Jo? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Mary Jo LA. And you can find me on Facebook at Mary Jo Smith. And 
You can find me on Twitter at Colleen Smee mm-hmm. and on Instagram at Colleen Smee. Two mm-hmm. L's, two E's. And you can find us on iTunes. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must have found us because you're listening to it right now. Or you found us on SoundCloud. Or on SoundCloud or on our website, which is which is, which is myfirsttimepodcast.net. And first is spelled out and it is .net. Although we might buy .com. We might. But we're staying where we are for now. Oh, you know, let the price go. And down. there are photos by <laughs> T. Chick McClure there. Yes. And the music. Trans photographer to the stars. Yes. And then the music before and the. After all of the podcasts are by Ian Phone Smith mm-hmm. at yes. ianscreams.com. Yes. And tonight's music will be featured. Uh, it's Biblical. Biblical Proof of UFOs. Ooh. Ian's, Ian's band. It's available for purchase if you care to support the band. I will say, nice. if it's available for purchase if you care to support the band, yes. just in case people didn't hear, yes. BiblicalProofofUFOs.com. It's a great band. It's not Christian rock. <laughs> 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 um, thank you for being here. Sleeping in the grass, you'll be hunting your meal. Have lots of free time, not paying anyone, and you got no tax when you're living in the woods. Not waiting on greenbacks, don't believe it anymore. I'm sticking out back, I'm living in the woods, cause I'm a Let me free at last.